This episode of On The Beat is brought to you by Ingles. Shop online with Ingles Curbside Pickup. New curbside stores opening every week. Please welcome Mike Griffith. Well, hey everybody, Mike Griffith here and welcome to tonight's Ingles On The Beat. Going a little early tonight as dusk closes in in Fort Lauderdale. We're just across the street from the airport, about 15, 20 miles away from the Georgia Team Hotel. The Bulldogs staying downtown Miami near that Bayfront Park as uh, Orange Bowl kind of spread out a little bit. Michigan staying a little bit closer up here. Georgia, of course, practicing at Barry University in Miami Shores. Had a chance to go down there today, but the gates were closed. Georgia closing off team practice today the college football playoff committee decided that teams could close their practices so we're not able to give you an update on the availability of the georgia players that are here that could be important had a source tell me earlier today there are some georgia players who are having covid like symptoms i don't know the extent of that and i know a lot of people are very frustrated because this new uh, variant of the virus omicron uh, is not as severe as the past variants have been, and yet still we consider this a very dangerous spread of COVID-19. Now, the way the rules are written, players that are vaccinated don't have to be tested unless they have overt symptoms. Recently, breaking news within the last couple hours, CDC now saying quarantine period from 10 days to five days, and for Georgia, That could mean JT Daniels being on an airplane on the way down, if not here already. We know JT did not travel with the team. I was at the team hotel when they arrived last night, did not see JT Daniels get off those buses. And if you haven't seen the arrival video, it is on dognation.com. We had exclusive coverage of the Georgia arrival at the team hotel. Again, there's a story up. It'll say Georgia team arrives, watch some videos, and you can take a look, make sure your favorite player got here. As far as we know, everyone but JT Daniels, but we we don't have that confirmed. Kirby Smart will not be available to the media until Thursday, the day before the game. We haven't talked to Kirby since last Monday. So I understand there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of uh, people that are wondering, well, who's going to play in the game, who can't play in the game, and we can't answer those questions right now. It's not just Georgia. Once Georgia took advantage of the college football playoff committee saying that teams could close practices today, Michigan said, oh, if Georgia's going to close, we're going to close. Now, Michigan, one of their offensive coordinators spoke today. He said they were 100% healthy. I don't know what that means. Does that leave a question if there could be a Michigan player or two out? Perhaps, but I will say this, and I'm not sure what I think about this as far as is this the right thing or the wrong thing, but Michigan did not allow their players to break for the holidays. They had a bubble effect in keeping their kids on campus and arriving down here in South Florida on Christmas Day. Kirby Smart and Georgia allowed their players to break Wednesday afternoon. They had to be back in Athens on Saturday night. They held a short team practice Sunday morning, and then they flew down Sunday, arriving a day after Michigan, after many of them had visited with relatives. So I know Georgia fans keep their fingers crossed. Certainly Ron Corson in Georgia. Kirby Smart will tell you he has complete faith in his training staff and to monitor these players closely. The Georgia coaches saying they believe the players were very responsible 
when they were away from the program, wearing masks and distancing properly and making sure they were around others who had been vaccinated or had been taking uh, close care of themselves. Obviously, uh, this is a very fluid and unprecedented situation. So I know fans are very frustrated with the uh, COVID-19 related issues. Uh, certainly the media is frustrated. And yet we understand this is still a very serious issue. Uh, this global pandemic continues, even though it, it does appear this variant may not be as serious as previous variants. Now, here, here's where I feel like I'm the guy that stays at a Holiday Inn Express. I don't want to get too far out of my lane. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist. I'm repeating information that I've researched and I've seen from the CDC so you can understand the situation. You see bowl games being canceled. Certainly players have opted out in recent years if they weren't in the college football playoff. I don't think there's any chance of this game being postponed or canceled or either team forfeiting. I don't think it's anywhere near that magnitude. I think there could be a couple few players, but I don't have any reason to believe that this is a serious uh, threat to cancel the game. What we do know for now is that the Georgia and Michigan practices are closed. And yet when we talked with the players today and for Georgia, we talked to defensive coordinator Dan Lanning. Michigan presented offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. Coaches and players very encouraged, very engaged. Again, not trying to, um, you know, throw any scare tactic out there, everyone. But you do need to be aware that right now we are not able to confirm all of the players that are going to be available for the game. That's just the way the news is, just the way this is shaken out. And that's the news that we have to report on there. I, I thought it was interesting talking with Dan Lanning today. And you've seen he's made some hires, even while maintaining his defensive coordinator role. And Lanning today telling us he will call the plays for the Bulldogs in the Orange Bowl. The game's 7.30 p.m. on Friday night. Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida, located between Fort Lauderdale and Miami. I said about 15, 12, 15 miles from that stadium right now where that game will take place 7.30, 3.30, of course. You have Alabama and Cincinnati, and they're going to be competing in the Cotton Bowl. That's the other college football playoff semifinal. So very interesting matchup of teams here. Of course, Georgia fans familiar with Cincinnati, saw the Bearcats last year in the New Year's Six Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Georgia was missing some players, of course, but so was Cincinnati. A pretty good football game, and you almost wonder if Cincinnati could be better equipped in some ways to handle Alabama in the sense that Cincinnati has a very good defensive backfield. They have a projected first-round pick back there. So kind of wonder what's going to happen in that game. Can Alabama play that good a football game again? I think most would agree that Alabama's game against Georgia was their best game of the season. Remember, they hadn't scored any points through the first three quarters against Auburn the week before, and they had 31 on Georgia in three quarters. So that was a very special performance by Bryce Young. I think being indoors, being on that fast track helps Bama. But this is an intriguing matchup to me, and I wonder if the Bearcats can keep it close. We saw how much mobility Des Ritter has last year. And you wonder if that could cause some problems for an Alabama defense that, quite frankly, really struggled. Now, they did a good job against Georgia, picking off Stetson Bennett a couple times with a pick six, forcing a couple three and outs in the second quarter. But Georgia's offense had an off game against Alabama. I think Georgia in general had an off game. In fact, you know, I'm going to write a story in the next day or two about how many questions Georgia continued to get asked by many of the national media on there. They were still talking about the Alabama game. I came here to Miami thinking that that Alabama game had been flushed. 
no longer a part of the Georgia football mindset. They have to look forward. They have to be enthused and focused on this next opponent. What happened December 4th is yesterday's news and in the rearview mirror. Now, Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning both said that they break it down and analyze every game the same, whether they win or whether they lose. This is a game that Georgia has learned from. But Michigan is a very different type of opponent. Let's start with the Michigan offense, specifically smash mouth football. And I asked Dan Lanning about that today. I said, you know, coach, I said, Michigan profiles as a power football team. That's what they're known for. They won the uh, award as having the best offensive line. I believe it's the Joe Moore Award. It's having the best offensive line in the nation. They're big. They're strong. They're capable. Of course, it's strength on strength. Georgia, well-known for their front seven, actually led the nation in defense, rush defense, in 2019 and 2020. Right now, they're currently ranked number three. So this is a real strength-on-strength battle in the trenches, and I'm not really sure who it favors yet. I don't know that Georgia has seen a team like this. I would say that the Arkansas run game was somewhat similar. Arkansas, of course, had a mobile quarterback. But those fans at Sanford Stadium did such an unbelievable job early on. Georgia jumped out to that 21-0 lead, and I never really felt like Arkansas got its downhill game going. I don't know that they could have, right? Kentucky may be somewhat similar with their downhill game. Chris Rodriguez, a very talented runner. I know Georgia fans are familiar with Rodriguez, a former Georgia high school football player. Michigan has Hassan Haskins. He is a 220-pound bruiser. He is going to bring it. As Dan Lanning said today, Michigan running backs run into contact, not away from it. This is going to be a physical, in Lanning's word, smash-mouth football game. Josh Gaddis said it would be a train wreck. So if you like throwback, smash-mouth, power football, you're going to see that Friday night. Uh, from the Orange Bowl when Michigan and Georgia meet for the first time since 1965. I love the matchup. I think it's it's going to be very intriguing. The only thing that could be better is if Georgia was wearing the red and Michigan was wearing their white uniforms because I think those color contrasts are much better than this solid blue and Mich- and the uh, Georgia and the white with silver pants. That's, that's me. I know all the fans kind of have their own likings. You know, part of me wonders, could Georgia break out uh, their red pants for this game? Uh, you know, all the bells and whistles when we think about bowl games and playoffs. And uh, certainly right now, the uh, Michigan football team seems to have a lot of the momentum. And I've talked about this. When we talk about momentum, we have to look at what Michigan's accomplished this year. And if you're a Georgia fan, I would just say this. Imagine how Georgia would feel right now if they had beaten Alabama. Finally got over that hump, right? And it's only been, what, four games for Kirby that he's lost to Saban head-to-head. I don't really count those other games, the Mark Richt era. That was a different era. This is the Kirby Smart era, and, and I consider that more of the continuity. Michigan finally beat Ohio State for the first time since 2011, and that's what opened the door for the Wolverines to play in their first ever Big Ten championship game. Now think about that. Michigan is known as a traditional power, and yet they hadn't even played in a Big Ten conference championship game until this year. And that was because of that scarlet and gray roadblock known as the Ohio State. This year, they took them down in the big house. Huge win for the Wolverines, and that propelled them 
to a 42-3 win over Iowa. Now, I don't think a whole lot of Iowa, and I don't play transitive properties too much, but I'll tell you this. Uh, Colorado State team that Vanderbilt beat uh, was leading Iowa at halftime in Iowa City this year. So I don't think Iowa was that great. I don't look at 42-3 to over Iowa and go, oh, wow, the Wolverines. I say Iowa's kind of mediocre, but still, 42-3 to in a championship game environment in Lucas Oil Stadium, which will be the site of the national championship game. You better believe that Michigan has a ton of momentum. They have been waiting for this. 1997 was Michigan's last national championship. This is the best Michigan team since 1999 when Tom Brady was the quarterback and the Wolverines beat Alabama right here in the Orange Bowl, a classic duel between Sean Alexander, the Alabama running back, and Tom Brady, then the Michigan quarterback. So Michigan's been waiting a long time. I would say the best way to put this into perspective, if you're a Georgia fan watching tonight's Dog Nation, Ingles on the beat, imagine the magic that you felt. Re- reflect on that at the Rose Bowl appearance of 2017. That's the sort of momentum that Michigan carries into this, into the college football playoff, their first ever college football playoff appearance, and they are very confident and they are bought in. And all of those players sacrificed their holiday break. They did not go on break. They stayed together and maintained that continuity. And they're down here in South Florida right now with their eyes set on the big prize. Don't know if you saw this, but Dan Orlovsky, who does some commentary for ESPN, former NFL quarterback, actually picked Michigan to win it all. Picked Michigan to beat Georgia and picked Michigan to beat Alabama because of that continuity, because of that vibe that he said he's gotten from Michigan right from the get-go. Dan believes that Michigan can match up with Georgia in the trenches, and indeed that is where this game will be decided, make no doubt about it. Now, I think Georgia has a ton more talent than Michigan in terms of NFL draft picks. You know, it's funny, not funny, ironic, interesting, 10, 14 days ago when I asked Kirby Smart, about the number of players, Kirby, 12, 15 plays you're going to have drafted. How do you keep them focused? And he acted confused. That'd break all sorts of records, he said. And I, I said, yeah, and I kind of started to doubt. Well, geez, did I get that number wrong? Am I mistaken here? Is there really not going to be a record number? Well, actually, there will be. There will be a number, a record number of players drafted. And all you got to do is look at the most recent projections and then look at the Senior Bowl invitation list again. Story on Dog Nation. I know a lot of you Dog Nation readers are saying, Mike, we've already read that. We've already read that on our Dog Nation app because you send out alerts every time you do a story on that free app or we post it on dognation.com. But think about this. There's currently three players that Todd McShay of ESPN from Georgia is projecting to be selected in the first round. Those three players, N'Kobe Dean, number seven. Number seven projected Jordan Davis, a projected first-round draft pick, and Trayvon Walker, a projected first-round draft pick. So there's three players, Nicobe and Trayvon, obviously underclassmen. Lewis seeing the safety, we believe that Lewis is also going to go pro. There's four. That doesn't count the eight players that have accepted invitations to the Senior Bowl. That makes 12, and we're not even talking about Zamir White yet. Now, Zamir White has not declared for the NFL draft yet, so be clear on that. 
He has not yet. You wonder, could Zamir White be thinking about coming back another season? I don't know, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on, and that is something at some point we will ask Kirby Smart about. I had a message today, and I want to say this because I know a lot of fans uh, are watching the show, and there's questions. They say, oh, man, could you just ask Kirby about the quarterbacks and about Brock Vandergriff and Carson Beck, and are they ready and could they be ready? And I said, well, here's where we come from in the media. We will and do ask those questions, but we have to be very careful about the questions that we ask and ask questions that we know that Kirby Smart's going to answer because we all only get one. When we do these Zoom sessions, there's no follow-up. You're not in person. You can't chase Kirby down and say, oh, I had one more question. You got one. And so it's hard to ask a question that you know Kirby will not answer. And we all know that Kirby has said on the record more than once he feels good about all four quarterbacks. And that's about as far as he's going to go. It really is. So I can't really give you details as to, you know, how good he feels about the number two this week with JT being out. You know, has it been Brock? Has it been Carson? I know Brock was running some scout team back in Athens. Brock has looked good. Kirby has praised him. We wonder a little bit about Carson. You know, Carson was the number two quarterback in the spring. All you got to do, look at those G-Day stats, the way this reps were split up. And even this year, Kirby Smart telling us he was the number two. But then the week of the UAB game, Carson had a bad week, Stetson had a good week, and then Stetson went out there and tied a school record with five touchdown passes in the first half. Now, those numbers from that UAB game were incredible, but they kind of inflate Stetson's overall numbers this year. And of late, Stetson hasn't been as effective. We've seen more interceptions. We've seen defenses learn how to play him. Alabama sacked Stetson Bennett three times, and he had two interceptions against the Crimson Tide, including a pick six. And it's brought a lot of questions to the Georgia quarterback position. Kirk Herbstreet addressed that today. Another Dog Nation story, if you want to check it out. Connor Riley published it this afternoon. Kirk Herbstreet said people doubted him the whole time that he's been there. And it provided a chip that we learned to love about his game. This guy has been incredible, Herbstreet said. Okay, Kirk Herbstreet feels Stetson Bennett has been incredible. He said his most his mobility has been critical in keeping plays alive, and it's a good complement to what they're doing with the run game with White and Cook. See, I, I absolutely agree in the sense that Georgia needs to have that run game to set Stetson up for play action. Stetson Bennett is not a guy who's going to play shotgun and pick out receivers and pick you apart. That doesn't work. Stetson does have 24 touchdowns this year, and he's completing 64% of his passes. Statistically speaking, that's better than what the Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara has done. And yet we have more questions about Stetson Bennett largely because of the game against Michigan. And Herb Street said, even with everything he's done, there's still people that cover the team and fans that are like, where's JT Daniels? He said that, uh, for example, in the Michigan game, if Bennett throws a pick, you can just feel the energy go to where is JT Daniels? When will he be in there? And quote unquote, what the hell are they doing? Yes, Kirk Herbstreet is correct. There are a lot of Georgia fans that are starting to wonder. But, hey, right now, JT Daniels with that COVID quarantine was not with the team. So how much will JT, how much has he practiced? How much has he gotten ready? And how much of an option would he be? I don't know the answer to those questions, but I will say this. One of the things the coaches like about JT Daniels 
is that he is a plug-and-play guy. JT, as Georgia fans know better than anyone, this is a guy who is really dialed in mentally, who knows the playbook. He's an expert with those pre-snap reads. And we saw what he did the last time he had a little bit of a break, a little bit of a break. Uh, that first game against Mississippi State was 401 yards after he hadn't played in a game in a year and a half. So I think JT's ability to, like the microwave, kind of heat up quickly. I think JT Daniels will be ready to be the number two option if Georgia needs him. It's a big if because there's no doubt that Kirby Smart has complete confidence in Stetson Bennett. And I want to say this because I have shared opinions and I've said things on the SEC network and on my Twitter timeline, and sometimes things can get misconstrued. And I understand that because 126 characters on Twitter isn't a lot. And when I speak for 15 minutes on the Paul Feinbaum show, they like to condense it into a 30-second clip. So the great thing about Ingles on the Beat is that I can give you a complete perspective with plenty of time to explain it. I did say and I did believe that Georgia would have had a better chance and still could have a better chance to beat Alabama in a rematch with JT Daniels at quarterback. I don't think that Georgia can do enough offensively to outscore Alabama uh, unless they're able to throw the ball effectively. And I think JT gives Georgia a better passing game. I don't think that's rocket science. I think most of you would agree that JT is the better passer. Now, Stetson has enough mobility that I believe Georgia can still beat Michigan and Alabama with Stetson Bennett. But my point is that I think JT gives him a better chance against the Crimson Tide. But by no means am I saying that Georgia can't win the title with Stetson Bennett. They absolutely can. But the defense must play well. And the run game must be established. And that's going to be the whole key to this game against Michigan will be Georgia establishing the run game. When we look at these football games, we always look for keys. You know what? I'm looking at the time, and it's telling me that my key is to take a halftime break and give our sponsor, Ingles, some credit for being there from us. My goodness, we're all so tired of this virus. We're all so tired of the protocols and the restrictions and the things that we can't do and the things that we're so. And that's why we appreciate Ingles so much, because throughout all of this, from the get go, Ingles has been there to serve our needs on the front line. Let's take a moment to recognize our sponsor, Ingles. When we come back, second half of tonight's Ingles on the Beat show. It's in our hearts to feel for real. There's been ups and downs, turnarounds, good days and some bad. But we stand together for worse and for better. We'll always have your back. Open arms, heart to heart, hand in hand. Community strong. Welcome back to the second half of the show, and I'll answer your questions here in a moment. Kind of want to continue the presentation, my thoughts on this Georgia-Michigan game. We didn't have a show last Monday. We took a little bit of a holiday break. I know you guys are anxious to mix it up and get into this, and we will take some questions later in the show. Getting back to my point about Georgia's ability to run the football, the reason this is so key, the play-action game 
means everything to Stetson Bennett. As we saw against Alabama, Alabama was able to confuse Stetson with different coverages, disguise what they were doing, and force Stetson to throw into some windows that he probably ought not have thrown the ball. If you're able to run the ball effectively, however, and you stay ahead of the chains, ahead of schedule, as we say, pick up four or five yards on first down, so it's second and five. Now the defense doesn't know, is it a run or is it a pass? If you throw in complete or you get stopped at second and 10, and the defense knows there's a high percentage you're going to throw it, and they can call a defense that's better suited for a pass play. So when we talk about staying ahead of the change, and staying ahead of schedule, that's what we're talking about, is staying in comfortable down and distance situations where the defense can't key in on run or pass. Todd Munkin, in fact, told us at the very beginning of the year that the whole key to explosive plays is to put the defense in run-pass conflict where they don't know what's coming. Okay, so those first down plays for Georgia are going to be very, very important, whether it's a handoff for three to five yards or it's a short controlled pass, which acts as a handoff to a James Cook or Kenny McIntosh. And then they go three, seven, eight yards, keep you ahead of the sticks. Very important against this Michigan team. Michigan, like Georgia has been able to get pressure without blitz. Aiden Hutchinson, this guy is the projected number one pick in the NFL draft. This defensive end, he was the Heisman Trophy runner-up. I was kind of like, wait a minute, really? I don't even, should I know more about this guy? Because I really didn't. And they're all Michigan, oh, you don't understand. I said, well, here's where Georgia has a little bit of an advantage with that double and triple tight end look. Think about this, folks. Not only can Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington and John Fitzpatrick catch passes, but these are some big dudes. Okay, Bowers 6'4", 230, more like an H-back, but big enough to take on a guy that's 20, 25 pounds on the end, certainly pick up a linebacker or somebody else Michigan might walk up. But Darnell Washington at 275, he's going to meet Mr. Hutchinson. There's going to be some collisions there. John Fitzpatrick, another guy, 250, 255. Fitzpatrick is going to be able to handle uh, a Michigan defensive end. George's ability with the two and three tight receiver tight tight end receiver set helps them protect against these fantastic Michigan edge rusher. Ojebo is the number 10 overall pick. So Michigan with two projected first round picks, both defensive ends. And this is where those Georgia tight ends and the flexibility that they give Todd Munkin, are they staying into block? Are they going out for routes? They're going to create problems for the Michigan defense, right? So maybe you take some of that speed off the perimeter Right with Stetson, and you're choosing to go with more of that power run game play action. But one of the benefits of that is that multi tight end receiver set, and that can create problems for Michigan from a matchup standpoint in terms of who are they going to cover, but also a better ability to account for those dynamic Michigan edge rushers. Now, Jamari Salyer, Warren McClendon, these offensive tackles, they're good. They're not great. They're not first rounders. Right? There's no Andrew Thomas out there, but they're very good and they're solid. But when they need a little help, it's going to be there via the tight ends. Of course, we know the running backs are also very good. Samir White, uh, Kenny McIntosh, James Cook. These guys are all capable of helping out when they need to on the perimeter. I don't think that Georgia is going to have a lot of sacks in this game. I think Georgia is going to be aggressive on the early downs. And I think they're going to be able to stay ahead of schedule if they throw it. Now, they're going to have to mix it up. And Munkin does an unbelievable job scheming it. You folks have seen this. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Stetson's still got to throw it, and guys have got to catch it. But so much of what Georgia does in those opening drives is the genius of Todd Munkin. The reads, the self-scouts. He shows you something. You've scouted it. You think because Georgia's lined up like this, they're going to do that. Munkin already anticipates what you're reading, and he changes it up. That's the beauty of the self-scout. And Georgia does the self-scout and change up as well as anybody in the country. Todd Munkin is a big time football coach okay you saw that uab their heads were screwed on backwards they didn't know what georgia was doing for the whole first half and they admitted it completely out coached and outclassed by todd munkin right alabama's coaching staff not quite as easy to fool michigan's coaching staff also not easy to fool but michigan will not have a feel for the personnel at georgia or the sec speed that's real and I don't mean to offend Michigan people or talk down to them, but when I talk about SEC speed, I don't think they really get it. And I think they're going to get it with Brock Bowers and Jermaine Burton and, yes, George Pickens. Now, we haven't talked about George, so let's catch up a little bit on George on the COVID front. He had a positive test in Athens last Tuesday. Since then, George tested negative twice, and he is with the team. You can go to that. Uh, arrival video on dognation.com and you will see George Pickens. You can identify where's George, right? Watch the arrival video. He's in there. And the family also confirmed to me that George Pickens is here. George is three weeks healthier. I thought George looked pretty good in the last game. He made an incredible catch that was thrown behind him. And then he jumped up and caught the ball between two Alabama defenders. Listen, George Pickens wants the football like all great receivers. He's going to need more than five targets, whether it's Stetson back there, whether it's JT back there, you know, whether, whether uh, it's Muschamp's kid back there. Whoever's playing quarterback for Georgia needs to target George Pickens. He's a very special player. And I know Kirby's kind of downplayed it. You know, Kirby's very conservative with these decisions, especially wanting to protect his players. But this is an area where I think Georgia can really take advantage of Michigan is in the secondary. Now, those tight ends, they're very good. And Bowers is going to do his thing underneath. But I think Georgia, I think Stetson, even though he may not have the strongest arm, his arm is strong enough to get the ball downfield to Pickens and to Burton in that play action where Georgia pounds, 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 and then goes over the top. Now, it's the same way on the other side of the football. And I asked Dan Lanning about that today. I said, Coach, Michigan is known in profiles as a power football team. And yet when you look at the statistics, Michigan leads the nation and plays over 50, 60, and 70 yards. That's a paradox of sorts. So wait a minute. They're a power team, and yet they have all these explosive plays? Well, yes, because Dan said they do a lot of the eye violator plays. In other words, just like we were talking a minute ago where you think you're seeing something and then it's something else. Michigan, very good with the trickery. Jim Harbaugh, make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about this. Jim Harbaugh is brilliant. Now, when he gets in front of a camera, he acts kind of dumb, and he says some dumb, simple things. But behind the scenes – the guy's genius. I've seen Jim Harbaugh speak to campers and he is so theatrical and engaging and absolutely brilliant. And I'd say the same thing for Kirby Smart. When Kirby gets in front of the media, he can be very bland. He can be confrontational. It's not the best version of Kirby Smart in front of the camera. I think that's interesting because I would think these guys would want to project better in front of the camera and in front of their fans. 
but truly they don't seem to care. They care more about how do they project in the living room when they're talking to recruits and how do they project when they're talking to the boosters that donate millions of dollars that pay their salary in their facilities. I guess I guess they can't be on all the time, right? But uh, but Harbaugh, like Kirby, much more dynamic behind the scenes than what you see when he's on camera. And I, I think Harbaugh will have some things in store for Kirby Smart's defense. I also think Lanning and Muschamp and Kirby and Schumann, I think they're going to have their plan. This is a great chess game. And, and so while we talked about earlier in the show how it's a smash-mouth game and a throwback game, there's so much more that's going to be going on, so many more strings that these coaches are going to be being pulled. These are two of the best coach teams in the country. It's truly going to be a chess game. And if Michigan can hold up at the line of scrimmage, they could keep this thing close and even win. If they hold up at the line of scrimmage, that is the million-dollar question. We talked about that at the start of the show. thought that was very interesting. Landing said Michigan does a great job with their play action. They do a great job with misdirection, and they do a great job utilizing trick plays. One other facet about Michigan, they're a two-quarterback team. Now, Cade McNamara is the quarterback of, of – that's expected to start and their primary quarterback, but they also have JJ McCarthy and he's got some mobility. So don't be surprised if you see both of these quarterbacks, Josh Gaddis today talking about Michigan's ability to play both quarterbacks and how they're kind of all in it together, just like Georgia. Anytime you see Stetson go to the sideline, you see him run to JT Daniels and, and JT tells him, you know what he sees and JT helps coach him up and the Michigan quarterbacks work together as well. So a lot of unity with both of these programs, they wouldn't have gotten this far if they didn't work that well together, if they both didn't have a degree of, of momentum. Again, I think Georgia is kind of trying to get those jet engines fired up for takeoff down here in South Florida, get focused on this game. I was on a teleconference on that Zoom today, and uh, quite frankly, I got a little snippy with the moderator because the first six questions to the Georgia people, the Georgia coach was, was from national media. Look, we're down here covering Georgia, okay? These guys are just now catching up. Uh, what do you think about the Alabama game? Uh, did you miss it three weeks ago or what? Because we've moved on. And, and some of the national media questions were just, finally they called on me, and I said, well, thank you for asking a question to somebody that covers the team because we need to get to the bottom of what's going on. And Dan Lanning is such a great interview. And boy, you can just tell he's going to be unbelievable at Oregon. I thought it was also interesting, Lanning said, that with the time difference with Oregon being three hours behind – that's when he's been doing a lot of his busy work late into the night. Dan is an energetic, tireless guy, and he's put together an absolutely dynamic staff out there with the Oregon Ducks. I saw today the Pittsburgh Steelers, Adrian Clem. I believe their line coach will be coaching at Oregon. So keep an eye on those Ducks. We know Georgia opens with them next season in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm going to go to your questions now. What do you guys got for me? Again, appreciate you joining me tonight. Ingles on the Beat special early presentation. Wanted to jump on this with the news fresh. Georgia closing practice. New CDC guidelines reducing quarantine time from 10 days to 5 days. Could that mean JT Daniels will be on the practice field tomorrow? Could it have meant he was on the practice field today? We don't know. Practice closed college football playoff committee with a brand new rule today saying, you know what? We're going to change all the rules. If you guys want to close practice, you can. And of course, Georgia first to raise their hand. And then once Harbaugh saw that Georgia was closing, he said, well, we're closing too then. So we're a little bit in the dark. I'm in the dark tonight. We're a little bit in the dark on what players will be available. 
what do we got here tonight guys looking at your questions over here uh what do we have questions please uh joe wants me to wear some georgia gear or we will disown you joe look we've got dog nation represented man but uh listen unwritten rule among beat writers okay and this is this is just the way it is you really don't wear the team's colors that you cover if you're a beat guy right because while we cover the program and certainly i respect the people i cover I, i'm not a georgia fan right i don't go oh go bulldogs i'm not cheering when the dogs score a touchdown in the press box i'm there to report on the team that objectivity is important and you guys know it and sometimes i take some heat because people's oh you're too negative you're too critical well sometimes it calls for negativity and critical thinking let's be honest there wasn't a whole lot of great things to say after that alabama game we did have reason to talk about the quarterback situation just a little bit but when georgia does well of course we're going to speak about that tremendous 12 and 0 regular season 6.9 points allowed the fewest since 1986 oklahoma right but you got to cover the spectrum and it dials back to how you present and we typically beat writers don't wear the color now Dog Nation Daily, Brandon Adams, he is the voice of the fan, and he will tell you he is the voice of the fan. Brandon is a huge Bulldogs fan. He's the number one Gator hater, and he'll give you the Gator hater countdown on Dog Nation Daily every day. That's Brandon's role. My role as a reporter, as a beat writer, as an analyst, I try to be more objective and maintain that. Hey, if Georgia wins, is it good for business? Of course it is. I think you guys like reading about it, and I like talking about it a lot more but I don't have control over it and I can't really cheer for it. I root for the good stories, right? You know, take that for what it's worth. I'm all about the good stories. Uh, I see you forgot about Dwan Mathis. Bennett was the four string quarterback. It appears, uh, it appears Prince Johnson. There's a side conversation going on in these threads. I'm always fascinated by the conversations that you guys have in the threads. You know, you're right. And, and actually, Actually, you, you have to wonder because there was Jamie Newman and there was JT Daniels and there was Dwan Mathis and there was Carson Beck. Remember when Aaron Murray was at the practice and he said Carson Beck looked better than all the quarterbacks there? You know, that's what Aaron Murray said. Yeah, I kind of take Aaron for a grain of salt. He just kind of throws some things out there. Sometimes it's kind of fun to see what Aaron says. I never really know when he's serious. But he did say he thought Carson Beck was the best-looking quarterback at that scrimmage before the 2020 season. So you might have even made the argument Stetson was fifth. It is curious, I will say that. And yet Stetson has persevered. And I said it early on. If Stetson Bennett wins a national title, forget Rudy. Stetson Bennett is much, ten times bigger than Rudy. Notre Dame's got Rudy. Georgia's, Georgia's got Stetson. You want to talk about a walk-on? that's gotten the absolute most out of his ability and gotten so far with Moxie. I mean, he's won over Kirby Smart. Kirby loves Stetson Bennett. And the teammates like Stetson too. And if he can win the national championship, a former walk-on, they're going to be making a movie about Stetson Bennett. And you better believe I want a part in it. I'm, I'll be the journalist that was that was doubting Stetson. I mean, yeah, I was the guy. And I said I thought that JT gave him a better chance. Again, I want to repeat this. I'm not saying they can't win it with Stetson. I think they can. I think Stetson's got it in him. 
Did you see, and I don't know if you saw the video, but I did a story yesterday. They interviewed Stetson Bennett. They didn't let the media interview him, so we couldn't ask any real questions. So, like, the Orange people interviewed him. Stetson's first words were he wanted to go to the beach. He said, excited, want to go to the beach. He's not stressing out. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is one cool character. I mean, think about this. If you're Stetson Bennett, for the rest of your life, you're going to be the quarterback that did or didn't come through for Georgia on the biggest stage when they had their best defense ever and arguably their best chance to win a national championship in 41 years, and it comes down to you. And Stetson arrives uh, and wants to go to the beach. That is cool. So he's played a lot of big games, but he said there's time to lock in later. But right now, the dogs want to do a little enjoying in Miami. They're going to practice. They're going to try and enjoy this week. And then they will get locked in as the game gets closer. When I covered Michigan State, Mark D'Antonio had a saying. He said they don't want to let the lion out of the cage too soon. That was his saying. So I think the dogs don't want to let the, the junkyard dog out of the cage yet. In other words, there's no reason to get too psyched up or excited this early in the week. I think that's why Stetson is playing. It's so cool, staying relaxed, not phased by the big stage. Nothing phases Stetson Bennett. He's ice cool in this situation. He's been there before. I don't think he knows, and maybe it's better that he doesn't know what's waiting for him the rest of his life and, and what's really at stake. I mean, uh, even Jake, you know, think about Jake Fromm, and Jake won a lot of games as a Bulldog. He's one of the best statistical quarterback. He played tremendous against Alabama in that 2018 SEC championship game. 2017, he played good enough to win. And yet still, there's believe it or not, there's still some Georgia fans critical of Jake Fromm. And all he did here was win. Pretty much he swept the Gators. He took down Tennessee. I think he won three out of four against Auburn. All he did was win. And when they lost against Alabama, it wasn't even Jake. So my point is this. There's a lot of pressure on being the Georgia quarterback. And I like the way that Stetson Bennett arrived and is handling it. We'll see how that plays out. We'll see how that plays out. And listen, all Stetson's doing is, is his best. You can't blame Stetson. But he goes out there and does his best. Kirby's noticed that. He likes the mobility that he brings, and, and we'll see how it plays out. Very interesting. Uh, looks like someone says, enough about Stetson. Well, all righty then. Enough about Stetson it is. What do you guys want to talk about? What other questions uh, do you have for me? Uh, yes, Jake did have a terrible start with the Giants, but go back and look at the play-by-play, and they didn't let the guy throw on first down. I mean, how much of a chance did he have? It's a cruddy football team, and they had a conservative game plan for him. Uh, and again, I, I'm not saying you know Jake's going to go on to be the next Joe Montana, but that was that was a less than ideal circumstance to make your first start. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, someone says you beat him by 30 with Aaron Murray. Well, if Aaron manages the clock properly, you know that offense was a little bit different. Um, you know, that they ran then. It was more of a gadgety offense. You know, Aaron didn't do anything in the NFL. I don't even know if he ever made a start. He was a very good college quarterback, and he's the SEC's all-time leading passer, but that was a very different offense. Jake runs a pro-style offense. Uh, You hope you open some holes for the running backs. Uh, I see. Uh, I think that's going to be key. Again, it's going to go back to that offensive line's ability to open up some holes for the running backs and open up the play-action game. And with that play-action game going, that's when the Georgia offense really gets going. 
someone just asked Jeffrey just asked me straight up, do you beat Michigan? You know what? Right now, I don't have enough of a feel. I was hoping to get out to practice and watch the Bulldogs today and kind of get a feel, sense of that energy, but they've closed it off. Um, I had mixed feelings about it last week. I still have mixed feelings, not because I don't think Georgia will be prepared. I do. After listening to Kobe Dean today, uh, I got a better sense. I, I feel like their feet are on the ground, but Michigan has so much momentum. Uh, I see Joe. Uh, Joe Mele uh, has a question, uh, an injury report question. Christopher Smith today, this is probably the injury to keep a very close eye on outside of the potential for the COVID, uh, which, again, we, we don't know, again, what players could and may or may not be available. But Christopher Smith today pretty much acknowledging that he's still dealing with a knee injury, talking about treatment, hoping to play. Thought that was very interesting. Would not give one of the other reporters – uh, asked Christopher what percentage he would put on his knee. He chose not to. That indicates to me that there's still some question about how far along Christopher is going to be on that knee. Uh, very key player is Christopher, certainly the pick six hero of the Clemson game, his ability to play safety, his ability to play star. We know that Georgia is vulnerable at the star position and uh, at where Keely Ringo plays. Uh, you know, Keely was exposed a little bit. He's, a, he's just a redshirt freshman, still learning. Uh, I see someone asking me, uh, Mr. Avito is asking me, home or away. George is the away team. Uh, white shirts. I'll think about that. Uh, what other questions do we have here? Uh, someone asked me about Kendall Milton. Kendall Milton is here. He's dressed out. So I'm getting off the plane in the, in the video that George put out. I'm not sure about the uh, how much we'll see of Kendall Milton. Uh, he's a very powerful and a dynamic running back. I think he would be very interesting uh, someone asking me about flaming hurricanes. Uh, that's Sonia Prescott. I don't know if you know this, Sonia, but I, when I'm on the road, uh, well, really, I, I rarely drink. I just don't have a whole lot of time or a whole lot of desire. I think I have enough of a personality, not to say there's anything wrong with that, but uh, I don't like the headaches that, that come with that. And uh, certainly when I'm on the road with Dog Nation, uh, I'm kind of on the clock and representing the company and and uh, not something that I'm real, you know, uh, interested in. Right. Uh, that's just not where I'm at. So I appreciate the interest there. But uh, again, I, 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 if I drink two green teas, you guys have seen my Friday night mics and my Monday night shows. And usually if I have a couple green teas, that caffeine gets me going uh, just enough. X factors in this game for the defense. William wants to know, uh, I think, think the secondary's ability to make plays georgia didn't force any turnovers against alabama georgia's secondary has to step up I'm talking about lewisine a healthy christopher smith uh, darian kendrick georgia needs to force some turnovers michigan very good at taking care of the football i think you'll see a lot of field position ball i think you'll see some big plays over the top turnovers would be huge i think the turnovers will decide this football game Georgia has not forced enough of them this year, as great as this defense has been, and it's been unbelievable. Certainly this front seven is the best front seven uh, that I've been a part of in terms of my coverage. Um, I haven't covered a team this good before in the front seven, but the back has not turned the ball over enough. They've not got enough turnovers. So I think your X factor would be the turnovers. Uh, what other questions do we have here? Uh, someone confirming that I don't need to drink to have a good conversation. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? And again, I, I'm not casting any stones. I know people enjoy that responsibly, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I want to be clear about that. But it's just not for me, right? You know, different stages of life, and and I just I just don't have the time to be slowed down or 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 not have the feel great the next morning. You get a little bit of hangover. You're like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. There there was a time earlier in my career. Uh, much, much earlier in my career, over 20 years ago, there was an event I went to in um, in Memphis. There was an SEC basketball tournament. And uh, I went out on a, I, I want to say I went out on a Saturday night on Beale Street. And I was around a lot of other writers and people were buying each other drinks and whatnot. And I thought to myself, well, the game's not until one o'clock, right? So I'll be able to sleep in. Well, well, let me tell you, it was Arkansas and it was Kentucky and it was at the pyramid and it was so loud. And I told myself, I'm never doing that again. And I never did that again. Now I was, I was able to write and work and all that, but I had a headache and I said, I am never going to sit in an environment where I'm working and I need my, to be at my best and have a headache like that again. So that was that. And I've stayed away from that. And I don't, I don't miss it. I'm, like I said, I do it all the time. Uh, am I coming back to dog nation next year? Gosh, as far as I know, do I have to declare, do I, is it, is it too early for me to, I'm not declaring for the draft. Um, I do enjoy uh, working with the folks at Dog Nation. And certainly you see that interaction that we have. We haven't had a cover for in a while. Uh, Jeff and Connor and Brandon and I were all on our conference call today. We took last week off and I could tell we all kind of missed each other and uh, had some pretty engaging talk this morning on our morning call. So um, yeah, as far as I know, uh, uh, everything's, <laughs> somebody says how about drugs my dad's a pharmacist so i got educated very early on about drugs if that answers your question uh that was not going to be uh, much of a risk behavior for me tonight mike hitting the portal you guys are uh, having some fun here keep the players away from biscayne drive uh will we get to the michigan quarterback jeff wants to know jeff that's a great question and that is going to be really important uh you know michigan does a great job protecting Cade mcnamara he's got a very quick release uh again michigan seems to have this you know don't be fooled though. right about the time you think michigan's conservative you know they're going to hit something over the top and they could also break the long runs that's going to be another factor michigan's ability to establish their run game i know this sounds so bland and so boring and all we're talking about is is smash mouth and line of scrimmage and everybody's rolling their eyes but that's truly what this game is and kirby and jim harbaugh are both purists they're also both smart enough to recognize that if you're able to win the physical battle it gives you a great advantage of winning the football game both of those coaches outstanding so hey listen folks i'm gonna call it a night tomorrow connor and coverage you may notice connor in atlanta covering the game from there and that's great because there's so much going on with virtual reality that connor's able to watch this from 10,000 feet you see look on our website i think he's got four or five stories up tonight all these availabilities are on zoom he's very effective with his stories really good stories up on dog nation i've got boots on the ground so today while connor was writing the stories i was out riding around with, with chip towers and curtis compton of the atlanta journal constitution we went out to barry university to see what the scene was curtis took some pictures from across the street he was able to shoot between some fence posts you can see that picture up but across the street uh, off the property i guarantee you tomorrow there's going to be a plug a piece of wood or something there where nobody can take a picture between the two poles of the practice but uh, ajc really digging in and certainly we want to give you coverage no secrets disclosed there wasn't 
Uh, certainly, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, you know, look inside there. We respect Georgia's media rules, and uh, we're here to do a job just like they are. But we do respect their media rules. That's very important. Um, and Chip will have a story up as well. Obviously, uh, us and the AJC were partners and work together. So I hope you guys have a great week. Again, I, I want to encourage you to be patient. Um, try to understand that this is an unprecedented time. Uh, you know, we in the media want to report as much as we can. Uh, understandably, Kirby wants to protect as much information as he can. If there are Georgia players who are having COVID symptoms, Ron Corson would determine if they needed to be tested, provided they were vaccinated. Uh, they don't need to be tested unless there's symptoms. This is something that George has been very responsible about, though. Uh, but be aware that that is something that is covert at this time. And so we really can't tell you more about it. It's just the nature of where it's at. Just remember, unprecedented times. Try to maintain a temporary mindset. Maintain that neutrality. Like, uh, you know, Trevor, the late Trevor Moat would teach the people with his motivational ways, the JT Daniels and his neutrality. You wonder why JT's not sulking or sad because he stays neutral. It's not something he has control over. He stays focused on what he can control. And that's what we all need to do right now amid these challenging times. Focus on the controllables. Try not to get too frustrated or angry about the situation. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And very soon it will be Friday night and we will enjoy what I promise will be an exciting football game. There's no doubt in my mind this will be a great classic football game, and I think the team that plays better will win. I think the teams are that close. Georgia's got a few weaknesses, but I think Michigan's got a lot of momentum, but Georgia's got a lot of talent, and Kirby Smart, Dan Lanning, Todd Munkin, I give them the edge in the coaching department. So everyone have a wonderful week. Friday night, yeah, best team wins. My producer saying that's a bold prediction. I'll put my prediction down on paper later in the week when I learn a little bit more about this. I'm still on the fence right now. I think it could go either way. I do like the Georgia coaches, though, and this new protocol that's going to allow only five days instead of 10 days. I think that brings JT Daniels. And the, and the second option, if needed, he may not even be needed. Stetson may get it done after he goes to the goes to the beach and has some fun, Stetson may be ready to win this game. But with the shortened protocol, the news from the CDC today, you may see JT Daniels warming up before the game and that much closer to the field. And again, may not even be needed. Everyone have a great week. Have a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going to see you later this week on Cover 4.